Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, uh, in our time together, I want to go through one of the most famous psalms in the Bible. It's a psalm we often quote when we're hoping to God's to get God's protection over something. You can see this psalm on cars and homes, on bumper stickers and crocheted into little things we hang in our homes. We're going to unpack Psalm 91. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who tune week in and week out, thanks again for coming along. As far as possible, we release this podcast every single week. And the point is simply for us to spend some time together, 10, 15 minutes, and ask and talk about things that help us become more like Jesus. As you're listening to this, perhaps uh, drinking a cup of coffee or tea, maybe you're in your car, either on your way to work, perhaps dropping off a child at school, whether you're at gym, regardless, thank you for joining us. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on so that you can stay up to date every time we release another session. So as I mentioned, we're in, today we're in Psalm 91, and I want to read the whole thing to you. And there's a lot to unpack, but let's dive in. So Psalm 91, this is from the ESV version. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Man, just in reading those words, you, you kind of feel like God is this incredibly strong, this incredibly powerful barrier, protective force. There's a lot to unpack here. And if we aren't careful, we can actually walk away with some of the wrong conclusions. In the last few verses, we see the psalmist declare, because he holds fast to me in love, this is God saying, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. In other words, we may read that and kind of be tempted to think God's faithfulness and protection is conditional on our performance. We can think that we can secure all of these things in Psalm 91 by being good enough and having enough knowledge about God. This is where so many people can get caught and where we slip into a place of legalism or performance-orientated religion. We can think the foundation of our relationship with God is our performance, which in turn earns God's love and protection. But this is exactly the opposite of what the gospel teaches us. Romans 5 shows us in verse 7, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, when we were still as far away from him as possible, when we were still broken and dead in our sins, Christ died for us. 
Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. What we read here is that even when we were blind to our sin and dead in our trespasses, when we were separated from God by our sin, Jesus moves towards us and shed his blood for us. We did not earn this gift. We did not do enough good things for this gift. What we do need, however, is to be awakened to the person of Jesus. He has done everything for us. But if we are ignorant of it or if we stubbornly refuse it, then we live as though the gift is not real. That's the first misconception. The first misconception is that we have to earn the protection of God. No, you don't. Okay, But there is a second one as well that we need to grasp. Often we can go through the psalm and almost beg God for the kind of protection it describes. And then go through the day or week hoping God might deign to grant our request. I wonder if many of us, maybe we live our lives thinking that there's this massive um, kind of like a lottery thing. And, and God pulls out a prayer to answer and we just hope that he pulls out our prayer. And so we come and we say, God, please protect us. Please keep us safe from plague. Please keep us safe from the, the destruction and the evil in this world. And we hope maybe, if possible, God might answer our, que- our prayers. But this is not how the psalmist positions this. In fact, he writes it as if we can expect these things to be normal when we abide in God in the shadow of the Almighty. Again, there's nothing wrong with praying through the psalm. There's nothing wrong with praying these as petitions. But... What I want to highlight is the fact that we don't need to beg for this level of protection. This is not something that a select few experience. We can simply thank God that these things become our normal, our reality, when we abide in Him. If I'm in Christ, then all of these things should be part of my expected reality. So let's make a bit of a list. Let's make a bit of a list for this. What kind of things can we expect and give God thanks for? What are we safe and sound from? Number one, we're safe and sound from the snare of the fowler. Number two, deadly pestilence. Number three, terror of the night. Number four, arrows of the day. Number five, destruction. Number six, general calamity. Number seven, evil. Number eight, plague. And number nine, the lion and the serpent. Now, many of these we don't necessarily engage with on a daily basis. But here is the overarching thought. It doesn't matter what's coming against you. What matters is who you are in. It doesn't matter if it's a natural disease or if it's someone else's schemes. It doesn't matter if it's a natural or a supernatural attack. It doesn't matter if anyone is going through the same stuff. It doesn't matter if it's violent or deadly. It doesn't matter if the attack is external like arrows or internal like terror. When we are in Christ, we are safe and sound from it all. Now, that's not our normal experience, is it? Our normal experience is not normally, hey, I feel safe from what's going on inside of me. I feel safe. No, we don't necessarily feel it. If we understand what it means to be in Christ, it means that you are safe and sound. These things will come against you. They might come against you, but they're not going to be able to destroy you. It doesn't matter whether it's disease. It doesn't matter if it's something that's happening physically, mentally, internally, externally. None of that matters. What matters is that we are in Christ. So let me ask you, what is causing you anxiety right now? Is it an attack? Is it a scheme? Is it a problem? When we're in Christ, that issue or that thing might not disappear. Like I said, it doesn't mean that these things are not going to happen. We must have to navigate difficult things, but we do so from the position of being in the one who is keeping us safe. And so my encouragement to us today is that I don't know what your experience has been. I don't know what you feel like, what your mental state is at the moment. But I do know that when we abide in him, he keeps us safe. 
Yes, stuff might still come, but it's his job to keep us safe. This week, I pray that you would experience that and revel in that, that God would keep you safe. Well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you same time, same place next week. 